Guys, thank you so much for joining me today. I have an excellent, excellent man. His name is John Shetrit. He's um he's someone I, I I serve as a coaching client, help him with his business. And what's most impressive in, isn't just his tenacity. It isn't just his knowledge. It isn't just his, his goals and how he shows up. But this is a father of seven. And this is a father who, who I know some of his story of you know getting married becoming a dad and just showing up powerfully and he's he's a man that honestly this this podcast is not is is for you guys of course but it's more so for me because i want to be a dad and my wife wants to have seven kids so who who else to ask than someone who's actually doing it um so john thank you so much for joining me brother my pleasure my pleasure thank you man I- I hope I could actually grow up one day to be on the level of the way you introduced me. <laughs> you are there. You are Thank there. And well, hey, tell me, what's one of your happiest memories so far as a dad? I'll tell you, man, it's obviously it's very hard to be a parent. It's very hard to be a parent. But but once you have that kid, that first kid, it's crazy. You can't even imagine life before that. It's like before you have kids, you have all these hopes and dreams and wishes and desires and accomplishments and goals. And then after you have kids, it's like everything shifts right away. And it makes you becoming, it makes you go from just like thinking about yourself to thinking about somebody outside yourself. And oddly enough, thinking about those kids is really thinking about yourself because like they are you, they're just a better version. Like you want to make them a better version of yourself. So having your first kid and your second kid, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. And it's honestly like the reason I live really. And I'm not alone. You rarely hear people in their eighties and nineties say, I wish I had less kids. Rarely. Usually it's the opposite. Usually it's like, you know, I, I wish I either had kids or I wish I was there more for them. You know, we are, we are complicated species, but we're not, we're, we're very intellectual species and we're, we are here to do more than just eat, sleep, you know, and feed ourselves. It's a bigger mission. What's your proudest moment so far as a father? So I'll tell you, uh, one of my, I, I can't think of one. I can think of a lot, but uh, one of my proudest comes to mind. Uh, one of my proudest moments is I have a kid who's 13. Now he just actually turned uh, 14, my boy. And mm-hmm. I had, I wanted him to do something which I wasn't doing every day, but I, but I was, I was encouraging him to do it, you know? He was going to have a bar mitzvah. And uh, once these boys have a bar mitzvah, they go to pray. And he, I wanted him to try to, you know, start, start the process on a high level. And I said to him with tremendous humility, I said to my boy, his name is Shua. I said, Shua, listen, I'm never, ever going to tell you to do something that I don't do ever because it's not a good father. But I do want to encourage you to be better than me. I said, if, the reason why I support you and encourage you to do things is because you're going to be a much better for person and father and man than me. And my kid started crying. And he's like, no, dad, you're the best. You're the best ever. And, and I'm like, this moment of humility and vulnerability with your kid, looking your kid in the eyes and saying, I'm not pretending to be this amazing, perfect guy. I'm just trying my best to give you everything I have to raise you and to try to make you a better man than me. That moment to me was a very beautiful, big experience of, I don't have to try to pretend I'm something I'm not. You don't have to be the superstar, perfect man who has everything figured out in your life. You just have to be humble and real 
and that realness to be able to connect with your kid on a real level is really not just your kid, but especially your kid is that's really what I think the biggest, biggest accomplishment as a father is being able to be strong, being able to say you're sorry, being able to say, I'm not amazing. I'm not perfect, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to give you my everything. And that's, believe it or not, that's what your kids, my kids love the most about me. It's crazy. <laughs> I'm curious, like, what are some other examples? Cause so you're the, you're not the first man to say this, at least on this podcast, but you are the first one to kind of illustrate it in this way. Like this humility is, it's what brings you closer, but also not just what brings you closer, but what they value so much. Cause so, so like I had another gentleman on here and he was like, his son was like, yeah, like you are the best dad in the world. Like, I love you so much. And he looked at his kid and he, he's eight years old. And he's like, I cheated on your mom a long time ago. And this kid was baffled. He's like, I want you to know that I'm not perfect. God is perfect. And years wow. later, this kid like, was like, dad, I'm re- I really love you for who you are. And, I, and it's like, wow. And I see the relationship that they all have. And then another guy, uh, Joey, you know, Joey, um, he's um, like, he was like, like, yeah, my daughter's two years old. And I look at her and I look, daddy's tired. He was very mean. He's very sorry. And she's good. And I'm curious with regard to the humility and stuff, like, what are some other examples that you have? Like, what's the impact? Because again, you have seven kids. This isn't, this isn't the first time you've been, you've shown up in this way. What else have you seen from your kids' reaction to this humility? And has it always been there? Or did it just start with like maybe in the middle of the road with some of your kids, like maybe kid two or three? So I'll tell you, it's, it's a good question. I mean, first of all, being open, that open with your kid, the way you just told me is, is definitely a level, but I hope that parents try to use their filter as when they think a kid's ready to hear such a yeah, thing. Yeah. You know? But um, listen, I personally, I'm very, I'm very into being real. That's my way. So I, you know, we all, we all know what we did wrong. I mean, what our parents did wrong. So like every one of us grew up with either a mom or a dad or a foster or whatever it was. And we experienced things that we inside were like, that's not right. Right. We all had those moments where we're like, that's not right. Something's wrong. That's not how you talk to a mom or that's not how you talk to a girlfriend or that's not how you treat a kid. And we all had those growing up, but a lot of times we forget it. So when I was little, I always used to say to myself, all these little things that I used to kind of mark off when I was a kid, that's not right. That's not how you treat your girl. That's not how you treat your kid. I tried to remember them when I got older. So number one, I tell, I, I try to tell myself to remember all the little things when I was little, how I wanted to be treated and how I wanted to, to, what kind of home I wanted to grow up in. And I want to try to set that home. That's number one. Another thing is I, I, I try to be very real. I'm not, I, I don't pretend, you know, if I'm not going to promise my kids something I don't follow through with. I also love when my kids call me out on stuff that I call them out on. Mm. So I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to fight that. A lot of people have trouble with that. And they're like, don't you dare talk to me like that. But yeah, I try to always think from their perspective, because if I go ahead and beat my kid down for doing something wrong, and then he sees me do something, the same thing five minutes later, I'm just an idiot. You're like, I'm not, I'm not teaching him anything. So I love, I embrace them calling me out on stuff in a way that I laugh. I'm like, nailed me, you know, and they respect that like crazy. So it's not like I'm hump- my humility is because I want to actually be an effective dad. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. If I want to teach my kids something, I, I have to realize that by pretending I'm something I'm not, I'm not going to accomplish anything. So by being real and by letting your kids call you out, 
or by being humble, in a way, your, your kids learn so much more from you because now they do take me seriously when I, when, when I say something. Because they know, like, if I tell them, yeah, I'm really good at this, they know I'm not lying. Because if I'm not, I'll tell them I'm, I'm not really good at this. So they respect me more, you know? And it's you're a more effective father by being humble. That's my opinion. It's like, I see it with my own kids. It's crazy. I, I'm like, I tell my kids all the time, I'm trying. They tell me I'm a great dad. Guys, I'm trying. And I say to them, if at any point in time you don't like things I'm doing, tell me. Do you understand what it's like for a kid to have open communication with a father and a mother? It's crazy. I tell my kids, talk, you can sit me down with anything and say, Dad, I hate this. I hate this. I don't want you to wait till you're 25 in therapy three times a week to tell me all the things I did wrong. Tell me now. And you have to be able to handle it. And you have to be able to open up to them, be receptive. You have to receive that, you know? So why am I trying to be a humble dad? Because I want to be an effective dad. So by being real and open and letting my kids tell it to me straight, I'm able to teach them and be a much better role model for them. You know? Yeah. I, I think again, like you do a great job of just illustrating things, like putting into words, things that are like, Oh yeah. Like I didn't even think about saying it in that way or like illustrating in that way. is like, like, there's just a very masculine quality, especially for fathers to be a teacher. Like I, I am a teacher. I'm a guy. Like you, you pass on what you know. Now I'm curious. Did has that ever happened? Have your any of your children ever sat down and like, Dad, like I don't like that you did this, or I don't like how you show up this way. Has that ever happened? And if so, what's the story there? Like what happened? What was your reaction? What was your thought process? Especially the first one. So that's a good question, man. So I'll tell you the truth. First of all, all kids are different. Everybody's got a different personality. Some kids are more open with, they're more expressive. Some kids don't even know what they're upset about. So like, it's a two, two double-edged sword. And on the one hand, you want to be open and be able to receive them, but you also have to be intuitive as a father. You have to know if something's wrong. They might not always come to you. You know, some, you know, some guys just don't like to talk about their feelings. So if your kid's that way, they might be upset, but they might not be able, they might not have the skills to come over to you and tell you. So on the one hand, you have to be able to handle, but you also, I try to be able to see if something's wrong and kind of pry it out of them. So what do I do? So it, it doesn't usually happen that they sent me down, dad, I want to have a meeting yeah. with you, talk to you because I'm pretty open. So like, it just kind of comes up on the spot, but uh, I, I, I try to think about it in advance because naturally like, it's not easy, especially if we, if our kids disrespectful, sometimes we're like our, our manhood's like, whoa, like, don't you mm-hmm we kind of we think that if if we allow them to be disrespectful then they'll never respect us which is not it's not like just you want to be you want to like kind of be aware very aware of your emotions and kind of catch yourself and uh you know i i appreciate it if my kids tell me something you know i appreciate it because like it's 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 much more chilled out now than later i know we all know too many people with daddy issues that never can get over it ever. Not at 30, not at 40, not at 60, not at 70. So for me, every time my kid, no matter what age, tells me something that they want me to work on with them, which is not so common because we're pretty open. But that to me is a huge win because my kid at 12 years old is healthier because he just got something off his chest and we're going to work through it. That means that when he's, I know at that moment, when he's 50, he's going to be like, yeah, my dad was always open. He always works with me. He's always listening. He's always willing to, to work on things. That's a crazy win. That means I just saved my kid a lot of money in therapy. 
you know, a lot of daddy, they, they're able to move on. So, so these little things that might be hard, but in the long run, these are, you're raising, a, you're raising the future. This is the future. Yeah. It's, and it's not like, yeah, like, like the time and energy, but it's also like, just like the trajectory of where they're heading and just developing those great qualities too. Like they can do this with anybody. It doesn't just stem from you. Yes. It with, it's a communication I have found is a, is a skill that is rarely developed very well. Like me, myself, I didn't have that communication stuff. And it was like, all right, I got to work through my anger. You know me, if you're listening to this, you got a monotone voice. I'm pretty calm. I'm pretty chill. <laughs> Picturing me as angry is probably like, oh, I never expected that. It's like, we all have it. And, it's, and for those of you who are listening and like, I can't get over this. Like you can't, I would invite you to open to the idea that you can, maybe you just haven't seen the right way to do it. There are multiple ways to get to the number four, two plus two, two times two, eight divided by two, which is the way that's going to help you. And um, it's funny because it's like, I wish I developed those skills, the ones that you're helping your kids harbor and, and develop. Cause that's going to translate powerfully. Yes. Let me, Oh, you're gonna say something? Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, by the way, interrupt me anytime. Ask me anything anytime. There's there's a lot. There's a lot here. But I'm gonna say a lot of people might not feel like they're ready to have kids. You know, it's like a very important thing topic to like bring up because I'm I'm not ready to have kids. I'm not cut out for it, or I just don't have what it takes to deal with the diapers and the crying and the screaming and the money and the tuition and, and all the responsibility. It's true. That's a lot. But there's a couple of things like I want, like I, I try to like communicate with this regard. First of all, when you don't have a kid and you're imagining all the difficulties of a kid, you're only imagining the hardship because you don't have the other good stuff to balance it. So, of course, you don't want a freaking kid because all I have is poopy diapers, crying, screaming, annoying. There's nothing else there except that. But when you have a kid, um, you have so many beautiful things that it's combating and balancing. So you have to, when you're thinking about the concept of having a kid, don't just think about the hard stuff. Also think about what it's like to open the door and have a little cute thing crawl to you and climb up on your leg and look at you with big eyes and say, you know, that, that. So that's number one. Another thing is like, you know, when you had a video game when you were younger, how old are you now? Andres? 30. 30. Okay. So like you, so you know what I'm talking about. Back in the day, the simple games, there's no save button, you know, like you yeah. start getting married and you work your way and like every board every level is you work so hard and every time you get that freaking princess you're so excited Uh like and then now they like today you just got a cheat code and you just go to level 100 you it's like it's stupid it sucks so so it's very hard to to imagine having a kid and doing all this work for them because it's it's just like you don't build towards it, but when you build something and you build a building yourself and you accomplish a company or you build a, a beautiful painting and you step back and you look at it with such a pleasure, there's a certain pleasure that comes with hard work that you can't explain unless you do it yourself. And that's what it's like to have a kid. You, you're investing yourself into this little thing from day one, this helpless little creature from day one, and you invest in it and you work hard in it and you feed it and you hug it and you kiss it and you work in it. And as you see this thing develop, there's a, there's a pleasure and satisfaction that is, you cannot explain to any, you can't, you can't understand it. It's bigger than anything in the world because you invest your soul into this thing. And it's so helpless. You start to see, why do parents freak out when the kid does its first step? Because you, 
That's crazy effort and work to get that. You're watching this thing grow. So when you, so you have to, it's impossible to comprehend what it feels like to beat the game while working for seven months every day. That's just a game, right? It's impossible to imagine that pleasure. Yeah. But when it's your own child that you put your life into and you invest in, you develop a love and an affection in a way that you can't understand. It's, it's, it's the love and appreciation of investing yourself into something that you get to see the fruits later. It's, it's mind boggling. So if you're not ready, just do it anyway, because it's all the baby steps that make you ready. I'm not ready for kids. I'm never, I'm still shocked. I don't, I'm like, my kids get older and I'm still a baby. They're getting older and I'm still, I'm, of course I'm not ready, but who cares? You get ready as you do it. You get ready. There's a cool reality check to it. And it's like, so for me, so again, I want to be a dad. We're not going to have kids for a couple of years until Maria graduates dental school. But like she has this little cousin. He's four years old. This kid loves me. Him and I play. But it's like one of those things like, yeah, like you love your 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 sister's kids because they don't live with you. Uh, but we're here. It's so, as you know, this is not my normal setup. I'm in New Jersey visiting family and we're staying at her aunt's house. And I'm seeing this kid pretty much every day. And it's like, wow, like sometimes he's a jerk. <laughs> he's four years old. Um, but it's like, it wasn't just that. It was like, I have... I thought I was great with kids. I'm awesome with kids. I love kids. Kids love me. This, this little kid loves me. Like, like he shows so much love to me. And I, I like barely knew him when we first met. But it's like, okay, I, I'm getting that humility. I'm like, wow, like I'm not, sometimes I'm snapping at him or sometimes I'm not being that great. So how can I show up? And it's like, again, just put yourself in the fire, see, what, see what's up and then show up there. And it's like, wow, like, I've inadvertently gotten, <laughs> gotten better. And as a parent, because again, he's not my kid, but like I've been able to practice that with him. I'm like, yeah, like, hey man, that was kind of mean. Okay, cool. And like just being more lenient on like my rules. I was like, oh no, you can't be doing that. Like that's just, that's rude. But at the same time, he's four. He's not thinking about <laughs> manners in the way that I'm thinking about as a 30 year old man who's a coach. Like it's just very different. So I love that, man. I wanted to ask you. I love that. I love that, by the way. Thank you. What is your biggest regret as a dad? My biggest regret as a dad. I thought about that. I I, I, I thought about that before. Um, my biggest regret as a dad. Uh, I don't know. You know, it's 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 a tough question for me to answer because I don't really I don't like that. You know, it's not my style because like if I have my biggest regret, I would channel I personally would channel that energy into today moving forward. I don't really like to spend time on my biggest regret. You know what I'm saying? So let's say I did something to whatever I hurt somebody in the past. Right. Let's say I did. I feel like my energy should be towards repairing that as opposed to focusing on the regret. So it's like, in a way, I try to always work on that. So it's hard for me to like have this everlasting regret. I, I, I do have kids. I do give them my everything. I try to maybe I, I, I want to try to balance spending more time with them and try to make life. Like one thing I will tell you is that we're so busy in our lives that we don't realize how fast the clock's ticking. Like we're busy on certain tasks. In the meantime, the kids are getting older. So it's important to try to remember to freeze time and spend more time with them. So that's, 
you know, certain every week I'm in the shower at the end of the week. And I'm like, Oh crap. I, I, I got to play with this kid. I got to, I got to put the floor and put the back in. I got to make sure, but I take that energy and I try to interpret, like I try to channel it into the next week. So for example, like my, my kid asked me if I could do a father son thing at school mm-hmm. and I'm like, it's impossible. There's no way. Not it's not in the middle of the week. It's impossible. I have no time. There's no way I could do that. But then I'm thinking, okay, in, in a year from now, that week, whether I went to this meeting or didn't go to this meeting is meaningless. Nobody cares a year from now, whether I went to that meeting, but my kid a year from now will remember that I went to his little father, son thing. So the time, you know, the times that I, I would miss that now I realize it's magical for that kid. It's life-changing. Your minor hiccup in your schedule for them is the world, the, the whole universe, that one hour. So I try it. So those are like some regrets that I try to channel into fixing every day. Well, there's, dude, I think you, your answer so far, my favorite answer to that question, because it's like, yeah, like I made the mistake. You're not a perfect man. No one is. Okay. Like I made the mistake. What am I going to do differently about it? Not, not just next time, but what can I do right now about it? And I'm curious for the men so there's a common theme. I'm not going to share it out loud because I want to hear um, what you have to say for the rest of this. Um, but what I do want to know is when it comes to those, have you ever had an impossible, like, has it ever been impossible for you to make time for something like that for your kid, despite your schedule? Because you and I work together. I know your schedule is crazy. We've even spoken about this. So I can't imagine like, yeah, like that, like Shua wants you at this point father-son thing have you has it ever been impossible for you to make it happen yes the answer is yes and i'll tell you what i would like to do again I'm, i don't want to at all come across like this perfect dad who has all the answers i don't i'm winging it hardcore that's what a good dad is winging it but i told you i'd open for communication and for positive or negative feedback that's it so i'm a winging dad who's always willing to hear what i could do better i definitely have times it's impossible for sure what i personally try to do is number one, I communicate with them what's going on. Hey, listen, dude, I love you. I want to be there. I can't be there. Not because I don't want to be there. I want to be there. I just can't. And I make it up to them immediately before it happens. Meaning if they want me to come next week and I can't make it, I make a plan the week before already for something else we're going to do to make it up to him. We're going to find time and we're going to make a schedule and we're going to give you a list of two or three things you want to do. And you're going to tell me what to do. And I'm going to make it that the experience after is so awesome that it totally wins over whatever they wanted me to do before, but you better freaking show up to that. Like you better show up to that. So like if if I go ahead and miss his school thing, but I end up spending three hours with him and some crazy cool, we go to a movie and we go to batting cage, we go out for pizza and you can make that, that time way better than it would have been so that he's like worth it, totally worth it. And he sees my dad, he shows up for me. So he couldn't come to that. Not because he doesn't care about me because he couldn't come. How do I know? Because here he is right now, you know? Yeah. One of the most heartbreaking moments for me as a kid was just having that word not be met. And I'm like, I just remember like my dad said, like leaving my grandma's dad was like, yeah, I'll be here tomorrow. We went to my aunt's because, you know, when you're a kid, you want to hang out with your cousins. You don't want to stay with the adults. And then I found out when I got to my aunt's, I was like, no, dad, your dad left tonight. 
Like um, he's not going to be here tomorrow. And it was just heartbreaking. And it was just like, wow. Like, and just seeing that, you know, like just keeping your word is so important. And I, and I know in my past or in, in my life, I have not kept my word to some people like my sister, my wife, just other people. And it's like, wow, like I can feel that. I'm curious, have you ever had a challenge with keeping your work? Because again, you have seven kids. You have a yeah. crazy schedule. You have a wife, clients you serve. I'll tell you, man, I was going to tell you now. First of all, like, I'm, I'm, it breaks my heart to hear that. And it makes me want to, like, be your dad. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, I, I, it's crazy, but that stuff crushes me. It crushes me because I, I know how much it means to the kids. It's crazy. And I, I have people I work with that are fully grown adults that are still suffering every day because of this stuff it's unbelievable but uh you know a pro- like a tip that i that i that i would definitely suggest mm-hmm. and my wife hates me for this and i argue with her about this all the time is i never tell them for sure something's happened never because i can't stand that yeah. never i never tell them hopefully i always say hopefully i i hope we could do the following because then i, I it's probably like more manly if i would just say it and then commit but i'm i'm too traumatized so for reasons like you're saying i i'll try to tell them like this is the goal i'm hoping that we could go out and i really hope so but i you know i make sure it's happening but i try to lead them up to it i don't want them i don't want to say i'm going to do something you're better off saying you're not you're going to try but but like do it do be a man do do it pretend like there's a if there's a half a million dollar meet business call that you need to make you're there you know this is way way more way more than that this is way more than that and like listen to stories like this like you're saying right now the heartbreak and the disappointment of a father not showing up a dad has to be mentally aware and conscious of what he's doing you can't we we get so sucked up in the schedule we don't realize how our kids are they're hurting bad you have to stop freeze and remember my kid needs me to show up it's important. It's way more important than anything else. So like, try not to make too much. Don't overcommit yourself. You know, don't say you're going to do all these things. Just don't do it. Just surprise him. Talk is cheap. Just say, just take him, pull him out of school. You don't have to say, Oh dude, I want to totally do that. Maria's like, no, we're not doing that. School is first. I was like, for you, for me, our time is first. (laughs) But like, but like, don't even say you're going to do it. Just do it. Like, don't tell you I'm going to, honey, I'm going to get you flowers and just do it. Just show up with it. Try not to talk so much. It's cheap. Just do it. You know what I mean? So like do things, try not to promise, don't overpromise and not deliver. Freaking deliver, like deliver, 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 deliver. Be a man. Just be a man, a real good man, you know? Yeah, I love it. And just to recap what I've learned so far is like, one, humility, be humble, be there for, um, just be open communication. What am I doing wrong? What am I doing well? Have that open lines of communication. Put in that time. Make sure, make sure that they have that time with you. Again, you have seven kids. Like to me, it's very impressive that you that you've created time with each of them. Like, All right. do, you're doing it. It's not trying. You're doing it. like try is do. And then uh, what? The other thing I've also learned is you know, if you can't do something, make it up to them right there on the spot. Do something. Don't overcommit commit to what you can. And if you know that you can't commit, if it's not a definite yes, if it's not a definite no, let them know, communicate to them. I think that's, there's just such um, a clarity there. Cause I think I know for myself, like, look, I've experienced this, but again, I'm not, this isn't a relation with me with kids, but more like me, like, look, like, 
like with my sister, for example, like, yeah, like, oh, like, I, I don't have to do it this time. Like, yeah, like, I'm going to be late or I can't do it. She'll understand. Like, it's not a big deal, but it was a big deal to her or it was a big deal to Maria or to like anyone else. And it's like, at the time, I can only imagine what a dad is probably thinking. It was like, look, like, it's almost justifying, like, I got to work. Because if I don't, they're not going to go to school. Or if I don't, the bills aren't going to be paid. And like, you know what? It's okay for me to not make this thing because I'm doing it. And I think what you've said is there's a more elegant way of doing that so that you can do both. It won't be perfect. and probably won't. Be, it's obviously not ideal, but you can do that. It's, it's, that, it's, it's never perfect. But if you're trying they love it you know what i'm saying like if you're trying hard i i have a daughter who's she's turning 16 my boy he's 14 these are teenagers you know they yeah. should hate my guts right now but like we're thank god I, i'm blessed that we're, we're friends we're like best friends like kids like me because I'm, i don't piss them off all the time <laughs> like i'm always there like we're I'm, i'm trying to be easy i try to be easy to deal with you know tell me what's up so it's like He's not behind his back cursing me out because I'm willing to hear what he has to say and I'm trying to work with him. Like, I don't have to make a war right now. It doesn't work. And, and, yeah, and I would even challenge that idea. Like, like there's something so, like they should hate me because again, like teenagers, they're teenagers. That, that's typically what happens. And I remember, I forgot who it was. I said this on the last episode. Like, yeah, like, I'm not going to deal with that. Oh, I, Dean Graziosi said this. He's like, look, like I heard all this stuff about your teenagers, teenagers hating, hating their parents and then like reconnecting back when they're adults. She's like, I don't want to deal with that. Like, that's not going to be my life. I'm going to show up. I'm going to learn from the men who are, who have a great relationship with their teenage kids because that's what I want to have. So if you're listening to this and you're in this space and it's like, look, that's where I'm at. Or this is like, this is, or maybe your kids are, are young and you're like, yeah, I'm just waiting for that. Like I'm, I'm cherishing this time because I know that's going to come. I invite you to challenge that thought. Like, no. I'm not going to be that dad. I'm not going to have that relationship with my kid. Screw that. I'm going to learn from the men who are, who have a great relationship with their teenage kids. And I'm going to model after them and do the same because that's what you want. There's no settling here. And I think you, you stumbled onto that. Again, you're a very intuitive man. And Appreciate I'm curious. I, I want to respect your time. Cause I know uh, we're limited here. You got seven kids to, to be a dad to today. So I want you to enjoy Enjoy that time. Well, we spend time with them after all this speech over here. Yeah. What is, if you were to go back in time and do it all differently, which eat and think about it, maybe not so much with each of your kids, but in the general sense with each of them, what would you do differently? I give them even more hugs and kisses and tell them I love them and tell them I'm proud of them and tell them why I love them and why I'm proud of them. That's all that matters, you know? I love that. Every single kiss and every hug and every word of endearment and every compliment that you whisper into their ears makes them a better person. There's none of this. In 10 years, when they calm down, I'll be close to them. That's not, no way. That's 10 years of missing words. All those moments where they have teaching moments, where you have, they can be fixed, where they can be taught the right from wrong, or they can be taught what it means to be loved. All those minutes, they add up to a normal person. They don't, they don't come later by themselves. They're like a sponge. They absorb every word that you say. Nonstop words in their ears. I love you. I'm proud of you. You're smart. You're so good. You're so talented. And you mean it. And you find the things, even the kids. Some, some of my kids are more difficult than others, believe me. 
but the one that I'm, I have one that's like, thank God, God bless his soul. But I try to hug him and kiss him the most because that's it. I love him. And he's super talented. And he's probably more similar to me. That's why it's like her. But every minute that you tell them you love them and you mean it, I see I, the kids, I see them. I see them compared to other kids. My kids are my life. I, I had them. My first kid was when I was 20. So I, I, I grew up with my kids. You know, mm-hmm. I see the difference between my kids and others. My kids are just. And there's I, I don't, I'm not taking any credit. I'm working on it. And my God, thank God. But I, but I see when a kid is loved and he has parents that are there for him, it's a different world. They're confident. They're, they're smart. They, they know how to deal with people. They can take things home to me instead of acting out. They take it home. They tell us where well, they're so, we're so open with them that every day they could tell me about their teacher, about their school. They're, they're not exploding because they, they get it out at home. They don't have to go ahead and act out. They don't have to block their brain with drugs and alcohol because they they get things out they talk to us so they don't have to you know dim and dull their lives you know they have open communication which is crazy i didn't have that you know I'm working on it but I, I try to take all these moments and try to convert it into action and i try to be there for them you know and i'm working and i probably want to explode and have nervous breakdown every day by the way every day tell my, <laughs> by the way you tell my wife hun I, I, I'm out of here. I'm moving to Thailand, going scuba diving. But then I got my kids. I need to. I need to make sure that they have a way better life than me. That's it. You know. I love that man. For the dads out there who don't see their kids too often, maybe they live in another country, or maybe they have their kids every other weekend, or maybe they just don't have a they don't have that relationship because they were away and they want it. What is some advice that you, what is one piece of advice that you want to give to them? So I'm going to answer that if you can, in two different things, because I see two different people there. One guy is the guy, the dad who just doesn't have so much time with his kid every other week or every three weeks or whatever. Um, The truth is that that's a ton of time. I, I believe that's a ton of time. You have dads that are there every day in the same building as their kid in the same room. But there's, there could be zero quality time. And it could be like a stranger to their kid. Just because you're physically home doesn't mean you're there for them. Just because you see them with your eyes every day doesn't mean that you're hanging out with them. You could spend every day for 30 days and spend no time with your kid. Or you could see your kid once in three weeks, but you could make a real solid time. So if you add up the quality one-on-one deep time that a per- that a dad has the average dad has with his kid, whether they're home every day or not, it's not usually that much. So if you see your kid once in three weeks or once a month, I, I suggest that you really dedicate three, four hours at least of real, real one-on-one time. That means none of this, you know, not, not doing this when your kid's there, you know, like you put the phone away, you put your business away and you spend hours with your kid. You don't need to spend 12, but like three, three, four, you know, you go out to eat or you eat at home or you watch a movie together. You talk to them, you spend quality time to them. That quality four hours is going to last them for four months. No problem. doesn't have to be every day. And the other thing is you could check in, you know, even though you don't see them once in four months, you could check in, you make a phone call, even if it's a minute, even if it's a text, just texting them that you love them or something cute or a smiley. That's for the dads who are, have a relationship with their, with their kids and they just don't see them. A dad who doesn't have a relationship with his kid, I would tell you that, um, start like start today, like big time. Like, what do you do? 
first of all, you call Andres for life support because he's a beast. Um, you write down what your ideal relationship is like, what you dream of having, what relationship you dream of having with your kid and what kind of steps you think you want to do with your, what kind of things you want to do with your kid. And then you basically, you, you man up. There's no other way for me to say this. You man up. Your kid needs you. He needs you. It's not easy. You have to be humble and you have to be willing to take a beating. Guys could take beatings, right? A girl could smack us. You don't smack them back. We could take a beating and we, we got to start today. Just reach out. It might feel stupid. It might feel weird. I have a friend who hasn't seen his kids in five years and we're working on it now, slowly writing a letter and reaching out to her, his daughter's school slowly, but it's okay. If she curses you out, that's a good thing. At least she's answering you. If she curses you out, she's answering you. It's the ones that ignore you that are worse. Slowly, slowly chip away. You do not want to go another year without talking to your kid. There's no one that lives their whole life and ends their life saying, I'm happy I didn't talk to my kid. Nobody says that. And the kid needs you, whether it's 30 years, whether they're 34. Andres, you wish that you could be closer and closer. I mean, there's no age that you don't want to be closer to your parent. There's no age. Even if you're 80, you want a, you want a parent. We all need a parent. So you just got to start baby steps and there's no excuses, zero excuses. You have to be there for your kid, no matter how hard it's been or no matter how much trauma, no matter how difficult, whatever it is, it's understandable, but you have to, you have to man up. You have to be there for your kid. So, and by the way, I'm just, I'm letting you know right now, if you know a dad who hasn't spoken to his kid in 10 years or whatever, and he's scared, but he wants to, and he doesn't know how to, you call me. Let's do it together. I will. I'm, I'm, I'll make it happen. I, I, I believe in it so much that let's do it. You're a good man. What is one piece of advice that you would give to a new father? <laughs> like what advice am I telling you when uh, your wife tells you, even though she's in dental school? Oops. 100%. For me, someone who's expecting right now or someone <laughs> who's, you know, probably a few weeks, maybe a few months in. <laughs> piece of advice is like this if you have two pieces of chocolate one is your favorite piece and one is your least favorite piece set the favorite one aside for your kid and it's acts like that that are going to turn you into a good father that's it give your kid everything you have to save them the best you take the crap you give them the best I promise you it comes back to you a billion times over. Much better. Teacher John is in the house. And <laughs> I'm trying, dude. I'm trying. <laughs> You're doing it. And the last question. Like me, though. Thank God. Bless. The last question. This is not for me. This is not for anyone. In, uh, this is not for, the, for most people listening. This is for seven specific people. What is one thing that you want to tell each of your kids? whether you've already said it or whether you haven't said it. This is for them. What do I tell all my kids in one statement? Uh, no, I'll, I usually go, like, tell me one thing you want to say to each of them. And you tell <laughs> me each, each seven statements if you want, whatever you want, however you want to do it. This is for them. All right, well, for my daughter, I have one, one daughter. I'll tell my daughter that I better love the guy she marries or else he's dead, man my boys you know each one is uh each one is special and different i don't want to bore you all by going through all of them but go uh, through all of them this is 
Um, so listen, I tell my daughter, my daughter, this is, this is intense, man. I can't do that. <laughs> what would I tell my kids? If what, if I was going on a ride, if I was disappearing tomorrow? No, just what is one thing that you want to tell them? Well, each one on their level, I'm very proud of them. I'm blessed and honored to have them and I'm blessed to be their parent and they make me want to be a better man. And that I hope to God that not only do I wish that they grow up to make me proud, but I wish that I spend my life making them proud. That's, that's what I would say to them. John, thank you so much for today. Thank you for this wisdom. I honestly want to have you back on here because I think there's, <laughs> we only scratched the surface. Dude, you, can, you can have question and answer with all your dads. And I'm, I'm just winging it. I'm just a little more ahead of it. I'm doing the same thing as you guys. I'm just winging it. That's it. Yeah. I think every, yeah, that, that's the common thing I, I've heard too. So John, thank you so much for your wisdom. Thank you so much for your experience. Thank you so much for how you show up. And dude, I love you, brother. Thank you, bro. Looking, looking forward. I love you too, bro. I'm looking forward to your seven kids plus more. <laughs> Tell your wife, by the way, if she needs any energy or support or any anything, I'm here. We're still here. Thank God. We're still, I might look like I'm 90, but. Uh, Do you look like you're younger than me? All right, I'll take it. I'll take it, man. You, you're on the right, you're on the right track, man. Seven at least, at least, at least. Oh, man. Thank you, John. Yeah, man. God bless. And for all you dads, man, stay strong. It's the best thing you could ever do. And if you need us, we're here.